1: Welcome to Stuff You Should Know from howstuffworks.com
0: Hey and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant. Jerry's over there. Sex. <laughs>
2: sex
0: sex 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 sex. Sex 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 sex.
2: <laughs> sex.
3: I was going to say we should do a COA but maybe that qualifies. I think so too. Uh parents, this is uh going to be a show that you
0: may not want your kids to listen to. We'll just oh, go ahead and say that. Yeah. It's about some adult business. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Freaky oh, stuff. Goodness. How are you? I'm doing good. Uh I still have a little bit of the <clears throat> the uh nose juice. Gross. but for, <laughs> for the most part I'm I'm good. My energy's up. Uh, you dude, I I have to show you next time I blow my nose. I have to show you what this looks like. It's it's oh no 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 no. It's like Cheetos <laughs> colored and in intensity. I I've never seen anything like it before, and it's coming out of my head. Uh, that's weird. Orange, mm-hmm. orangey yellow, hmm.
3: day glow. Well, I might as well talk about my sickness. <laughs> yeah, how are you feeling? Well, I had, as you know, um. And as you also even further know, about once a year I get a stomach flu, mm-hmm. even though I think I took last year off. I don't think I ever got it last year. I don't think you did either. But, uh, so my daughter waits 18 full months before she throws up for the first time, which is a nice run. Sure. And she comes in the kitchen the other day. <laughs> She's like Jerry Seinfeld. He had <laughs> right. a really long run, too. She comes in the kitchen and just projectile vomits all over the place out of nowhere.
0: Oh, my gosh.
3: And – um. You know, isn't feeling well and has some like, uh, some, some diarrhea going on. Boy, this show is really getting off to a gross start. Sure. But, yeah. uh, two days after that, I'm like, I'm invincible. Like I've, I've avoided this. Oh, that's a bad thing to <clears throat> think. I hope
0: you didn't say it out loud. <laughs>
3: I think I might have. And then at two days ago at 4 PM. I was like oh, I feel a little weird, oh, and god. five minutes later, I was throwing up. Oh god! And then six hours after me, it hit Emily, so she was able to at least care for our child until she went to bed. And then she was like, "I'm not feeling so good either." And then my mom, thankfully, came through and uh, and took our child from the sick house. Mm-hmm. And then Emily and I, literally all night long, we each had our a bathroom at our disposal. And it was just like every 30 minutes, somebody in the house was
0: like, Ugh. gross, man. It
3: was really bad. I mean, it was just, it was one of those things where we pulled the curtains and we were just like, didn't even want to look at each other. It was just gross. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, you know, it's a 24 hour thing generally. And yeah, you, you said you told Jerry that it was like 24 hours to the minute. Uh, pretty much. I mean, I started feeling better at about four or five yesterday. That's great. Uh, but I'm just, just weak, you know. Man. Like, it just takes a lot out of you, and I feel like I've, you know, I'm not big on the ab workout, but um, <laughs> I feel like. I know, you look ripped. Oh, dude, I might have, like, I feel like I really might have pulled muscles in my rib cage <laughs> from retching. That's funny. All
0: right, so no one else is listening anymore. No. Let's talk about virtual sex. <laughs> yeah, uh, we chased everyone off. This is a good plan. Hats off to you. Yeah. So, Chuck. Yes. People invented the internet, and within about I don't know eight or nine seconds, there was a porn <laughs> site up, right? Probably, yeah. And since then, apparently, um, it's it's been largely overstated. But but most people associate the internet, at least in part, with pornography. Really? Oh, you're kidding. Well, what do you mean associate? Like like when when you think of the internet, you think. Well, that's a vast repository of pornography. <laughs> I don't know if that's the case. I think a lot of people do. Okay. Um, but there's a lot of pornography on the internet. And in fact, the internet has helped just foster pornography into, you know, by, by, by light speed. Yes. It's just burgeoned, right? But it turns out, um, apparently one study I saw in 2011 estimated that uh only 1.5% of all web pages are sexual sex-based. How much? 1.5%. Th- oh. Well I was really surprised to hear that.
3: Yeah, but I mean that's a, just a numbers game. Sure. I is. mean there's there are literally
0: millions of porn sites. But doesn't that doesn't that seem low though even even considering? Yeah. The point is people still do like sex and pornography and they like the internet and when it when the thing when they were put together everything just blew up like apparently now the um the internet porn industry alone globally is worth something like 40 to 50 billion dollars wow i saw that in a 2015 article in the economist that's a ton of cash man it is that's like that's how much like the disney company is worth
3: they're not going to like that their name is associated with this episode in any way. <laughs> no,
0: I just pulled that out of the air. Yeah. Good choice. Um, but as, w- one of the things, like I said, when, when the internet um, furthered pornography, it hasn't stopped. It hasn't plateaued. It's like, Oh great. Here's a, here's a website that's got porn on it. We've achieved peak internet pornography. Like the, the, some of the uh, most um, innovative thoughts to developing the internet further has been based on pornography yeah just when you think they've covered it all right somebody's like hey you you like
3: to uh take a christmas ham and and carve out a (laughs) hole and put your foot in it
0: we got a website for that your foot huh called hamfoot.com oh man you better hurry up and trademark (laughs) that before we release this
3: episode and by the way, when you this article was uh, written by Robert Lamb, um, yeah. our own uh, colleague here of mm-hmm. stuff to blow your mind. Yeah. When you read it, did you like? <laughs> how did you feel?
0: Just <laughs> hearing it in Robert's voice
3: in my head. I don't know. Maybe that's something <laughs> to do with it. I just wanted to take a shower. <laughs> like for, if he typed with Robert. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> if he typed the word lovers like one more time, I yeah, was I was yeah. literally. Just, I don't, I've never liked that word.
0: No, I'm with you. And, uh, I especially think he, not coming from Robert Lamb. <laughs> like and I think he used the word lovers in here like six times. Yeah. Like, you know, he was wearing a silk robe when he wrote this. <laughs>
3: yeah.
0: <laughs> and I can't imagine how much, like, graphic stuff got edited out. Yeah, probably. From so. his first draft. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we're talking
3: about the future of s- simulated virtual sex, uh, not necessarily robot sex um cuz that's a different
0: thing. And we actually we did a whole episode on that, remember? Yeah. I think it was called like Will We Marry Robots cuz we were trying to be above the board. Right. But we talked a lot about that. But that that's not what this episode's about.
3: No, this is a little bit more about um using technology to either simulate sex or to and I found out in a lot of cases and we'll go through it as we talk about some of these specific things a lot of them seem geared toward uh, uh, or at least they're marketed as like, hey, are, are you in a long distance relationship? <laughs> right. Like, you know, we can help bring you closer uh, by sort of synchronizing um, phone sex in a way, like a just a super advanced form of phone sex.
0: Right, right. And that's definitely like the um, the genteel way of putting it, because I think probably more to the point, it's. Hey, do you, um, like to have internet sex with people you don't know? Well, have we got sure. some technology coming down the pike for you? Yeah. And they don't say,
3: Hey, are you super lonely? And like, and you know, it's easy to, to laugh about like the <laughs> lonely dude in his house, but there, there are, you know, there are genuine phobias and like uh, this could be a benefit to people who, who aren't like literally aren't able to certain conditions to go out and have real sex, you know? Sure. Yeah, so I hadn't it's even easy thought to about knock, that. but it's it's a real. It could be prove
0: to be a real benefit. Yeah, hoarders are gonna love this stuff. <laughs> the The other thing, though, that I, that almost sounds like what you just said was like a midterm goal of um of the future of internet based sex, right? But ultimately, from everything I'm seeing, the ultimate goal, or maybe not even goal, but what will probably prove to be the ultimate reality, is um that sex will be so improved and and perfectly refined by science and technology yeah that we we will end up preferring it and and i mean like the normal average human will end up preferring simulated sex over the actual real thing not true i i don't know man i mean that's a uh, that's that sounds like one of those things that that People in 50 years will look back and be like, what idiots, you know, they got that really wrong. But yeah, it also seems it. like, I don't know, people like, uh, people like good sex, you know? Yeah, but it's uh, like, <clears throat> simulated sex is to real sex as Soylent is to food. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, that's, that's, so I, I guess we can talk about it now. Um, there's the, the basis of it is not like everybody's just going to be, um, these uh just completely uh what's the word I'm looking for just pr- this crazy promiscuous people all just having anonymous internet sex with people all over the internet. Okay. that will that will probably be a, a a very real possibility. Um, I mean it already is, but this actual virtual like convincingly simulated sex, uh-huh. um, will eventually be a possibility. What what I've seen that will be more likely is that people will be in. Monogamous relationships, like they are now, but rather than doing it, you will go with your like your separate rooms and do it remotely using the simulations. Right, or it it potentially could be a way to maybe relieve
3: the uh, the inclination to step out on your husband or wife. Yeah, and say you know what, I'm not going to cheat on you. I'm going to, you know, it's just a very technologically advanced form of masturbation. Sure. Uh, but that also, like, I can definitely see couples where they say, like, you know, that's fine, that's great, go get your rocks off with the computer lady. <laughs> but I also see, like, no, 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 that's not, like, that's <clears throat> terrible.
0: Yeah, and I think that's already an issue now, like, you know, are you... Sure, with porn sites or whatever. Porn sites or, or webcam people, like, whatever. But when you... When you add this element, and this is ultimately what we're talking about, Chuck, is the, the progression toward adding f- actual physical sensation to, to internet sex. Yeah. Um, that this, it just opens up the whole idea of cheating like even further, you know? Yeah. Like you, you wouldn't have to use your imagination any longer because your body is being physically manipulated to, to recreate the, the, um, sensations of having sex in real life. I feel like we should take a break. I think so too. I think we really set this one up so high that we can't possibly deliver from now on. All right. Well, let's take a break, and uh, I'm
3: going to go have a talk with Robert Lamb, and we'll be back right after this. Alright, so, uh, Robert Lamb points out that every lover's embrace (laughs) is essentially sense data. That's right. And that's true. It's, um, you know, it's touch, smell, uh, sound. It's, it's like all the sensory data that we get from, you know, eating an apple or something Mm -hmm. is, is the same with sex, the sexy times. Right. But, uh, he asked a very pertinent question here and that's kind of what we're after is, how far can you go to digitize and transmit that information? And uh,
0: touch is probably the best, the, the obvious starting point. Right, exactly. Because if you step back and you look at the the landscape of Internet sexuality today, right? Yeah. It's all, all of it is visual. The entire thing. I mean, there's audio too. So it is um, oral and visual. <laughs> and I oh, I, 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 I mean, the AU are... <laughs> al yeah. um, no and, I had a joke I had to really fight to not say out loud well uh, email it to me all right okay um, but so basically the the current state of internet sex uses your eyes and your ears and that's it right yeah and everything that we have is based on that and there's there but that's that's not to say that that's not going to play a part in the future of sex it's just That's the bedrock, the basis that's been laid, and now they're trying to develop it based on that bedrock. And like you said, the next step is touch. Yeah, and if we're going to
3: talk about technology and touch, um, haptic technology, which we've talked about. We've talked about this before, haven't we, in some capacity? Surely. Maybe it was the transcranial, the thinking cap. Was that it? Maybe.
0: I don't know. It doesn't ring a bell to me, honestly. All right. Well, anyway, haptic technology is
3: that uh, that's going to have a lot of applications. It's essentially I mean, if you're talking about uh, non sexy time stuff, it ranges from uh, telesurgery, like uh, literally a doctor being able to perform a surgery mm-hmm. that's not in the room, um, which could be amazing, you know, in a life saving technology uh, or like military training, space, uh, NASA, uh, space exploration, stuff like that. But it's essentially technology that, uh, is, is, it's, it's wearable. I mean, they talk about gloves a lot, but it, it takes, it can take the form of a shirt that you wear that sends, you know, pulses of stimulation through that device, whether it's a glove or a
0: shirt to your body. Right. Exactly. So it, it recreates the sensation of touch, right? Yeah. And the, the weird thing is when I started researching this, I was like, You know, what is touch? You take it for granted, but, um, one of the things that they're going for is when you, when you touch something, what you're really doing, like, let's say you pick up a vase. Yes. You're picking it up, but as far as your sense of touch is concerned, that vase is exerting pressure on the inside of your hand. And haptic gloves in particular are concerned with recreating that pressure, um, Against the inside of your hand to make it feel like when you're looking online and you're virtually grabbing a vase that in real life, the the pressure that you would normally be feeling is being recreated by a number of different means. And and they've got a lot of different uh, technologies uh, that are competing right now in the prototype space for coming up with this kind of haptic technology that can recreate it. Like there's one, did you see that thing I sent you about uh, the haptic glove that uses ultrasound? Yeah, that's out of the
3: university of Sussex in uh jolly old England. Mm-hmm. And it's called skin haptics as, the, as a system. And yeah, it uses ultrasound uh, pulsing this focusing, basically this haptic feedback onto the surface of your skin. So it feels like, I mean, right now it's not just like sexy stuff. They're talking about, Uh, like a, like an interface that doesn't exist in front of you.
0: Right, right. So there, there's a couple of different ones. One actually uses ultrasound to disturb the air in midair. So when you go to press a button with your finger, the ultrasound. A non-existent button. Right, exactly. Yeah. Um, the ultrasound creates an enough air turbulence where your finger's going that you're, you get a bit of resistance from it. You feel pressure. Which is awesome. Yeah, it's amazing. This other, the other skin, uh, I think, skin haptics version actually sends the the ultrasound pulse through your hand, mm-hmm. so that you feel it from it's pulsing from the back of your hand through your hand, and then the sensation is uh, being felt on your palm. So it's recreating it coming in the reverse direction, but it feels like say you're picking up a vase. Yeah. Now is that with a glove or is that <clears throat> just the ultrasound through the air? That second one is with the glove. Okay. So so um, the other one is like, say, uh, a screen that's mounted next to an oven is using ultrasound from the screen on the countertop to disturb the air above it in midair. That's right. different. Right. The, the glove is sending it from the back of your hand to the front of your hand. And I keep saying it's like you're grabbing a vase. But it really with what we're talking about, it's they're trying to recreate the what it feels like to say grab a boob. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's what they're doing here, right? So so you know the Kinect controller? Yeah. For I think Microsoft came out with it for Xbox a few years back. And um like within literally within a month, it was an open source controller. It still is. And within a month somebody released a um like a connect a porn game. Sure. Right. And so if you look at the, the videos of this, did you see any of them? Uh, of the Xbox thing or the, yeah. that other thing? The Xbox one. No, I did not see that one. So it's basically the demo is a guy like kind of feeling up a CGI lady. Right. Okay. And, and if what he's doing is, It's all visual. What they're trying to get is with, with haptic devices is that visual thing, but then you will feel what you're seeing on screen. That's, that's the next step that people are working on as far as internet sex is going. Yeah. Trying to
3: synchronize.
0: Well, we'll, we'll get to that, but yeah, trying to synchronize
3: these things to where you're looking at something. And if you, and it just
0: matches up. You, the feel and the, and the visual all matches up. Right. So you got the visual to begin with. Yes. That's already done. That now you have, thanks to the, say, VR Connect, you can move your hand in this world and it translates onto your computer, the virtual world. And then that, so that's done. The next step again is recreating the sensation of touch from that virtual world into this world. Right. So I thought you were talking about the, um,
3: that that website the uh sex game website
0: oh uh 3dx chat
3: <laughs> did you go to that one yes holy
0: cow yeah warning warning uh very graphic website yeah i we're not saying that to all the 14 year olds cuz i think every 14 year old alive has been there but the well, older this 45 people, year old had not. <laughs> yeah, I hadn't either. I had no idea it was a thing. I was like, what is that? It kept popping up in, uh, in, in research. And I went and looked. I was like, no way. Yeah, it's, um, that is a, a sex game and it's, you, you're, you have an avatar. But game, game is, uh, you, you're using that loosely. It's sure. almost like second life. It's like a hangout. Yeah. Um, yeah. like virtual chat. Se- like life, basically. Yeah,
3: like you, you have a, you design your, your dude or your lady and you go into a bar and you're hanging out and then you take that person back to your apartment and you have like really graphic, uh, com- you know,
0: animated sex. Right, but the person you're picking up is an actual person in real life as well. It's their avatar. Right. It's not like, you know, you're, you're picking up a sim or something. Right. So, and that, that's apparently like really big right now. Uh, yeah. 92 dollars a year. That's what it costs? Yeah, you get to. That's a weird number. Man, I know. And it's not even 92. I rounded up. It's like (laughs) 91.99. Why isn't it just a hundred bucks? I don't, I don't know.
3: (laughs) They found that was a tipping point. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No, they won't pay 99. They'll pay 91.50.
0: We pulled a few perverts in our town. (laughs) They said a hundred dollars. No way. But they got confused around the ninety-one mark, so we went with that. So, Chuck, we we were largely talking about with haptic devices, um, uh, the glove. It's not just the glove; that's a that's a big first step. But ultimately, the goal is going to be a basically a haptic full-body suit, to where this the pressure and sense and warmth and everything that has to do with touch is recreated all over your body. Yes, because your hands are great, but you know. They're still just your hands. As far as Internet sex is concerned, that, that full-body haptic suit is going to be the, the holy grail. And apparently, it's not that far off. There's a, a guy who founded um, a company called Shadow Robot Company. Uh, <laughs> that sounds creepy. Well, actually, they make anthropomorphic robot hands for um, like uh, people who uh, have had a limb amputated. It's like a legit robot um, company. Oh, well, that's... He just happened to be Far quoted. Creepy. Right. His name was Richard Greenhill. And he said that, um, I think it was last year in an article, he said that the hapti- full body haptic suits are just a few years away, probably. Wow. Yeah, that'll be huge. But in the meantime, there's been these baby steps that have been taken over the years. And one of the first, I guess, kind of prototypes of a haptic suit was a haptic shirt called the hug shirt.
3: Yeah. I don't, th- I looked, I went to their website and I, Didn't see, I mean, it said buy it now. So I clicked on it to see how much it was and then it didn't come up. So I don't know if it's Mm -hmm. not at market yet, but the idea is, is it's a shirt and this is the, you know, the most G rated part of this show Mm -hmm. because it's a shirt that simulates a hug.
0: Yeah. Which is pretty sweet. It's a company, a UK company called cute circuit. And I think they came out with it back in like 2001 or two. And they, I think they released them for sale in like 2005 or 6 or something like that. But basically you are wearing your, um, your hug shirt. You're connected to the internet via the, um, hug shirt app. And then your, your, um, your lover, (laughs) your lover, (laughs) man, I was going to say little sweetie was on the other end, but lover's fine. Um, and they're wearing their hug shirt connected to the app. So when you simulate a hug, right, you hug yourself wearing Uh the hug shirt, it transmits that hug to your lover, right? And they feel the sensation of the hug you just sent transmitted through their hug shirt. It's pretty, it's awfully sweet.
3: Yeah. I wanted to, I want to know what this feels like. You know, I wanted to sample one.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, we're on a pretty great streak of not doing the stuff that we're talking about. (laughs) So why start now, you know? Well, I couldn't, you know, I tried to buy one, but I didn't see where you could. Did you see uh, a very nice man named Don Kent, who gave us Pliny the Elder before, sent us a box of Soylent? Oh, wonderful. Yeah, we're, well, let's try it on air. Okay. Okay. Oh, man, that's a great idea. We'll have to set it up in another episode just so that it has all the proper introductions. <laughs> okay. We'll just say this so that everybody can get really excited about it. Yeah, I'm excited okay. already. Okay. Uh, so the other
3: simulator that, um, is in prototype mode, there's something called the kiss transmitter from, uh, Kajimoto laboratory at Tokyo's University of Electro Communications. And, um, did you see this thing?
0: Yeah. I was very much turned off by that.
3: Yeah. It's, uh, at least right now, unless the prototype is advanced, it's supposed to simulate French kissing, but it was a box. Uh, and it looked like a bent drinking straw mm-hmm. that just went around in a circle.
0: Yeah, and they showed some poor undergrad, yeah, <laughs> who was having to demonstrate it, and they were doing closeups of his mouth and this thing swirling around with it. Yeah. It's not pleasant at all. No, um, but the Kissinger.
3: Well, hold on, just with the uh, with the the kiss transmitter. Mm-hmm. I think the idea is eventually that that um, straw will be a tongue. Which would right. make a lot more sense. Sure. But the, the trick to this is it doesn't just spin in a circle. What it does is it, uh, it works with you. Like when you are moving your tongue around, it is reciprocating in likewise fashion. So it's not just willy nilly spinning around in a circle. <laughs> I got you. It's, it's,
0: it's smarter yeah. than that. <laughs> yeah. So there is this other thing called the Kissinger. I did see that. That was really creepy. So that one this one makes a lot more sense to me. It's it's actually the um PhD project of uh Emma Yan Zhang out of the City University of London. Uh-huh. And um this thing it was originally a box that connected via USB to your laptop uh-huh. that you kissed and it had like kind of almost cartoonish lips attached to it or whatever. And then the newer prototype is this um this thing that you connect to, say your iPhone. And so it's it's connected to the web through an app, and when it, it's got this, I guess the mouth interface, it's just this um this pad, t- almost a touchpad area, that you kiss, right? Yes. And as you're kissing it, it is taking in the movement and pressure of your lips, sending it through the app to your lover. Yeah. Um, on the other end, and. It recreates the kiss to them. But what's cool is it's bi-directional. So while they're kissing you back, you're receiving their kiss. Yeah. What's the disturbing part to me is,
3: is that it comes in the form of like a little round bunny rabbit. <laughs>
0: oh, yeah. Yeah. You didn't see it. <laughs> oh, that was the first version. Oh, the second version is the second is, version. The second version is much less like they, they basically threw out any attempt to make it look like a mouth. It just, it it functions like it. It doesn't look like it. Because I think they probably, you were probably in the majority of people who were like, I'm not kissing that thing. Well, yeah. I mean, it was a little, it looked like a little round, like Furby
3: toy with a big set of lips on it.
0: Yeah. And the other disturbing part was you had to hold it down because it was constantly trying to get away. (laughs) Which it was like, why did you make that design choice?
3: That's very creepy.
0: Yeah. And we'll we'll get to really creepy stuff later too, by the way. well. Are you talking about teledildonics? I think we should take a break before we talk about that. About teledildonics? Yeah, let's
3: take a break. (laughs) ¶¶
0: All right. We're back to talk about? Teledildonics. <laughs> it's funny. Like, I can't say lover, but I have no problem saying teledildonics. Yeah. So, of course, I, they called it that. It, it needs some, like, 90s club, like, background beat with, like, <laughs> teledildonics. Yeah. Maybe we'll see if Noel whip us up one. All right. So, teledildonics is uh,
3: the development of automated sex toys. Controlled by a, either a program or a remote user.
0: Right. So technically, if kissing, it could be construed as sex. The Kissinger is a form of teledildonics. Right? Yes. And the, the, the basis of teledildonics is you have some sort of, um, uh, sex toy, I guess is a good way to put it. That's a great way to put it. And that sex toy is connected to the internet. Um, And like you said, it can be controlled by somebody else on the other end or a program or like a video that's, um, pre-programmed to interact with your sex toy, right? Um, the, the, both of those are, are going to be huge, but it seems (laughs) like the, it seems like the progression is more toward, uh, remote sex, right? So the, the, the upshot of it is that you have two separate sex toys um with some distance between them connected to the internet yeah and the people manipulating them on either side are receiving the sense information the tactile information from the other's sex toy into their sex toy and is responding to it in kind <laughs> yeah. How was that? Uh,
3: that's a good, you navigated those waters well. Oh, thank you. Uh, if it sounds like the word itself sounds like something from the seventies, it's because it is. Um, <laughs> it was coined in 1975 by a guy named Ted Nelson. Uh, and he was talking about, you know, a future where you have remote sex with those, those real feelings of touch transmitted through computers. Um, so he was really kind of ahead of the game there. Um, and one thing they compare it to, Uh, it's also cyber dildonics or teledildonics. Um, (laughs) one kind of non-sexy, uh, thing that they will liken it to is the, the vibrating, uh, video
0: game controller. Oh yeah. Like the N64 rumble pack.
3: Yeah. But I mean, they all have it now and it's, if you play video games, that's a big part of it. You know, it really adds, it adds a lot to the gameplay, um, when you feel like the, the the rumble of like a car crash or an explosion or something mm-hmm. and it you know it's kind of subtle but it's just such a part of gaming now if it went away people would be like you know what's what's going on it's not nearly as good
0: right okay so now imagine that like your controller rumbling a little bit sure and the effect that that has on you if you if you think about it like especially with the N64 rumble pack the first one i believe which yeah. is haptic technology right oh yeah i remember when that came out it was pretty awesome It it was awesome, but if you think about it, basically your controller just shook, and it didn't necessarily faithfully recreate whatever it was supposed to be recreating, but that that extra sense that was being manipulated caused your brain to just go wild, your imagination just ran wild, and it really enhanced it, like you said, right? Yeah, it's gotten a lot better,
3: too, with how they do it.
0: Now, imagine you take that out of your controller and out of your hands and apply it to, say, your sex toy, right? And now you're developing sex toys that have an amazing degree of precision in recreating temperature, moisture level, um, pressure, uh, tension, Torque, <laughs> horsepower, all this stuff, right? So you've got, so the sex toys are advancing and then their ability, their bi-directional ability to receive information and transmit information to another sex toy, which is then capable of recreating and then sending its own information means that you can have virtual sex across the internet using sex toys and experiencing a real tactile sensation from it.
3: Yeah. And these are the ones where mostly I saw that they were trying to target, uh, Mm -hmm. couples that are in long distance relationships or when you're away from each other for business travel or whatever, that you can, you can sync up your sex toys in real time. So the things that you're doing are being
0: felt on the other end. Exactly. A, A good example of this is the love pals. Which if you're a sex toy manufacturer, step up the names, shall we? Oh, th- it's always been that way. Love Pals with a Z. Um, yeah of course. But they came up with a pair of um, sex toys called Zeus and Hera, yeah and and they're exactly what we're describing. And from what I can gather, they're basically the cutting edge of it.
3: Yeah, I mean, I looked up there were they list a few in this article, Real Touch. From two thousand nine, seems like it completely went away. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was one in two thousand eleven called Love Lovins, <laughs> not with a Z, surprisingly. You're right. Um, and they had the Eye Man and the Eye Lady. You're right. Yeah. And that uh, I looked that up. They had Max and Nora, which were their. Uh, it was a male uh, masturbator, which is a, a a machine that does it for you, and a female uh, stimulator. And they named them Max and Nora. It's very cute. And they worked through Bluetooth in their phone app. Mm-hmm. But, um, the last I saw was it was an Indiegogo from a couple of years ago that was half funded and closed. So the only one that I've seen that has really, and I don't know about taking off because I don't know their sales, but it seems like it's a legit thing that's out there is the love pals.
0: Well, did you look up the one? So we got that article from the website of a company called Kiru, K-I-I-R-O-O. Yeah. And they had their own thing going. Oh, um, uh, that's actually work, um, doing well, too. The Onyx. Oh, yeah, the Onyx and the Pearl. Yes. yep. And the Onyx is
3: the male uh, uh, buddy. Right. <laughs> and the Pearl is the female buddy. Yep. Uh, and these things look like, you know, they're the right out of the Apple store. I don't know if you saw pictures, but they're obviously trying to make them, like, take them out of the back rooms of Spencer Gifts right. and, <laughs> and bring them to the forefront of, like, Look at this thing. It looks like you're you know, looks like any any Apple device you would find. It's sleek, right, exactly. It's futuristic looking. Uh, it, you can put it in your dishwasher.
0: <laughs> so you can leave it on your coffee table, and your parents could come over; they'll have no <laughs> yeah, idea. Exactly. Doesn't have any weird spikes or nubs. Right. You don't get like a free trial of, um, you know, simulated pot with it. <laughs> What's that stuff called? I have no idea. You know, like simulated, like um, (laughs) fake pot that you could buy at a head shop. Oh, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. I can't remember what it's called. Spice. Yeah, Spice. (laughs) You get a little baggie of spice for free with it.
3: They're like, we simulate everything. (laughs) All right, so we're joking around a lot, but um, there's a, a man named Dr. Stuart Milloy, and he created something called the Orgasmatron. Orgasmatron. And again, that's kind of a goofy name, but uh, he created it in 2008. Mm-hmm. And this one actually sends an electrical pulse through the nerves of the spinal cord. And basically, <clears throat> the idea is it could potentially help women who either cannot or lost the ability to experience an
0: orgasm mm-hmm. uh, to regain that with this device. Yeah.
3: Which is pretty amazing.
0: Yeah, well, he named, I should say he named it after the, the machine in Woody Allen's sleeper. Yeah. From great 1973, movie. right? Yeah. But apparently he stumbled upon this idea <clears throat> because he is a pain doctor, but he uses, um, electrodes in the brain to, to cut down on pain in chronic pain patients. And he was working on one woman, um, and apparently during the procedure, so he knows where the electrode should go, the patient has to be conscious. Uh-huh. So they just give you a local anesthetic and take off the top of your head. And then he gets in there and fiddles around. It's like Hellraiser basically, wow. right? And as he was doing it, he hit the spot and he said that the, um, the patient began to quote, exclaim emph- emphatically. And he stops and was like, what's going on? What's What are you experiencing? And she's like, you need to teach my husband how to do that. (laughs) And he's like, huh, people would love this. But I was reading, Chuck, the scientific, uh, or no, New Scientist article on it. Yeah. And they said that his orgasmatron received a limp reception from the scientific community. They're better than that. They said limp reception. (laughs) They're better than that. (laughs) Apparently not. So we, we've covered touch. Touch is going to be a very important one. Pretty soon, there's this thing called the Illusion VR bodysuit, and it's basically a hacked together version of what will ultimately be what everybody's wearing in the future, which is a full haptic bodysuit Yeah. with VR, which is a really important next step as well. Sure. Um, pornography c- combined mm-hmm. with... Some sort of, um, sex toy that works automatically. A teledildonic. Yes. Yeah. So the idea, I mean, you've heard of Oculus Rift,
3: the, you know, probably the most advanced VR system going now, or at least as far as I know, I'm not, uh, up to date on the latest with that stuff, uh-huh. but it's supposed to be great. So, you know, you're talking about a future where you, I guess sound is covered with the invention of headphones is kind of all you need there, mm-hmm. but throw on the headphones, throw on the Oculus Rift. Uh, strap into your teledildonic system, <laughs> Teledildonics. <laughs> and you could you know uh, the the range of things that can happen there are either just long distance sex with your lover, <laughs> or uh potentially weird things like hey, do you want to have sex with uh Jennifer Lopez? Well, yeah, we've, we've got a
0: program you can pay for and do that, and Jennifer Lopez is really mad. Well, yeah. You know, or or um, I think another another potential that a lot of people are worried about from this, as is, is, um VR especially gets more and more realistic, are people just acting out their just darkest darkest fantasies, and there's a lot of um, there's a lot of debate right now over e- ethically, morally, and legally how acceptable that is. You Absolutely. Know? So one of the big discussions about um, internet pornography right now is as we're reaching this ability to um, pretty accurately simulate although a lot of it's not very accurate like even good CGI is still clearly CGI and some of it dips into the uncanny valley yeah. but as we pass out of the uncanny valley and get like more and more realistic the question is is well if you have people who um, are engaged in Victimizing other people in real life. Yes. Out of compulsion or something like that. Like there's a lot of debate over whether, uh, pedophilia is actually, uh, based on brain chemistry, uh, which would take it out of the realm of choice, right? So let's say you believe that pedophiliacs, people, yeah, pedophiliacs. Pedophiles? That's right. <laughs> if you believe that pedophiles don't have a choice in their, dis- their, their decisions, their compulsions, um, and that they have to carry this out or else just basically castrate themselves. Is it morally acceptable to give these people a... A virtual simulation of that? Yes, in, in which case it will satisfy their compulsion while at the same time preventing them from carrying out this compulsion in real life. So, So in real life, no one is being harmed, but you're still giving over a virtual... Kid, yeah, for a pedophile to do whatever with. Yeah, that is the slipperiest of slopes. Yes, it is.
3: Because, uh, if someone were to argue that, someone, um, very rightfully would argue that who's saying that's satisfying that and not building up
0: to act out on that for real, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And that, that's a lot of, a lot of concern coming from the other end as well as that, um, as we get more and more into this incredibly rendered um, VR sex that you can actually feel and sense and all that as well, that it will, it, you know, the fact that it's VR will make people who otherwise in real life wouldn't have said, well, you know, what happens if I um, choke this avatar to death while we're doing it? Let's see what that's like. And then they'll find out that they actually like that and they might want to try it in real life. Oh, yeah. I mean, as soon as this stuff,
3: like, is out there, there's going to be someone selling rape and murder fantasy
0: oh, yeah. uh, software. And I, I just don't see how that could lead to anything good. Well, but that's the, I mean, that's the long-term debate, you know, like people have said the same thing about violent video games. Right? I know. There's, there's never been a, a body of, of study that shows that violent video games actually do lead to increased violence in real life. So, I mean, is the same thing true? For, um, for sex, freaky sex.
3: Well, all right, people can turn it off because Chuck's opinion is coming. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, people don't like it when I say opinionated things. Some people do. Uh, I don't remember if I covered this much on our, on our episode about video game violence, but mm-hmm. I've played a lot of violent video games more in the last two years. Mm-hmm. And my feeling is that you may not be able to pinpoint that as a cause, but I think. It can be a factor and a tipping point to someone who is teetering on that edge of carrying out a violent act. Yeah. That's that's my – I firmly believe that because I am a nonviolent grown man, and when you play these games enough, you find yourself driving around and having these thoughts. Like, not that I really would do these things, (laughs) but they pop into your head just like – the same way I used to have Tetris Dreams when I played Tetris too much, and I would – not even dreams, like waking dreams. I would walk into a room and see boxes. Be like, oh, you could arrange these in a different way. It like has a way of kind of <laughs> taking your brain over. And then you take out your aggression on the boxes. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it definitely, absolutely can be a, a, a factor and a tipping point if someone is close.
0: Yeah. Again, uh, I mean, it's yeah. anecdotal, but you, you prefaced it with the fact that that's your opinion. Just my opinion. And that's your experience, too, you know?
3: Yeah, and I'm not saying, like, ban violent video games because, like the lion's share of people can play these things with no problem yeah but uh
0: i don't know it's <clears throat> it's tricky one of the other problems with it too chuck is that uh as we get more and more into recreating the sensation of sex through vr um the the possibility of sexual assault is expected to just skyrocket through virtual sexual assault yeah and apparently it's already happened um there's oh, yeah. a uh, I saw uh, that a writer named uh, Jordan Belair, uh-huh. and she was playing a VR game called Quiver um, with in multiplayer mode. And she said that um, her voice sold her out as a, a woman or revealed she was a woman. But other than that, her avatar looked like a man. And then one of the other players just started chasing her and groping her and rubbing her where um, uh, her bathing suit covers. Yeah. And she, um, she said that she felt genuinely violated by it. I'm sure. And this is without any kind of haptic technology whatsoever. This is strictly visual. Yeah. And she still felt violated. So were she wearing like a haptic bodysuit so she could feel what her avatar was feeling? What's the difference between somebody doing that in real life yeah. and somebody doing it virtually? I think. To me, the answer is, is none. There is no difference for the end user, for the per, the victim is another way to put it. Yeah. The victim is going to experience it as the same because your brain is relying on sensory input to determine, say, whether a touch is comfortable or welcomed or unwelcomed or violating and whether it's being recreated by a computer. It, it, your mind isn't going to make any distinction from that. And you're, the, so the violation is through and through real. Yeah, and and again that there's that potential where because it's not in real life and because of the anonymity that the internet affords, the the possibility of that happening can just could really explode.
3: Yeah, somebody needs to come up with a game called uh, a game like that called affirmative consent. <laughs> <laughs> you know, where everything is just above board. You introduce yourself and you get to know each other. You say, I'd like to be your lover. Yeah, I'd like to be your lover. Can I touch you there? Sure. No? Okay. Well, I'll just back out of the room slowly. (laughs) Uh, so the one thing we haven't talked about is smell as far as sensory experience goes. And some people may, uh, discount smell or the importance of smell and sexuality, but I have always been long championed smell as the one of the underrated, uh, senses when it comes to sexy times. Uh, and if you do think, oh, like it's not that big of a deal, think about if you've ever had a time where smell has ruined something in sexy time. So if you do like think smell is not that big of a deal, we're not, just don't think of just good smells, like, oh, somebody's perfume or cologne. Mm-hmm. Uh, like think of like bad smells, how that can turn something wrong.
0: Well, Robert actually makes a pretty good point in this article. He says that one out of every 50 genes lover in the human genome concern sense. Oh, yeah. Or smell, the sense of smell.
3: Yeah. I think every husband has been told at some point, like, uh, why don't you go take a shower first? <laughs> you know, <laughs> like yeah. you were,
0: you were just working in the yard. Sure. There's nothing sexy about that. Yeah, except the smell of grass is pretty great. Well, cut that's grass, true. Sure. Yeah. Um, but there was a company, Chuck, a few years back. I think they went under around two thousand one or two thousand two, and the company was called Digisense, and they had something called the Eye Smell, and it was connected to your computer. and The whole idea was that <clears throat> they had, just say, you know how you have cyan, magenta, um, colors, yellow. And black is that right? CMYK, yeah, yeah. And you can make uh, millions and millions of colors based from those four pigments. These guys were trying to do the same thing with smells. Uh Come up with four basic scents that you could make virtually any smell with, right? Yeah. And uh, it's amazing. It's so sad to me that they they it didn't go anywhere. But it's like, come back, Digisense, do it now. Like we're ready. Yeah. This would be so amazing if, like, the whole thing was you'd be on the internet and there'd be a little, um, a little pixel on the webpage that triggered your eye smell to produce a certain scent. It sent the information, uh, how long it should be there for, how intense, whatever. So you're looking at elephant pictures and you can smell the elephant poop right there in the room <laughs> with you. Yeah.
3: There's this other cool, uh, aspect Robert points out too, which is, um, the addition of this smell and taste to this experience and touch, even it lightens the burden on the visuals. Mm-hmm. So it's something called cross modal attention effects, uh, in, in science communities. And it basically it's the way the brain prioritizes sensory inputs. Um, like, you know, if you're sitting on the and this is the, a great example he uses, if you're sitting on the sofa and you're just sitting there, you might feel the sense of the sofa cushion, under your arm and under your butt. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then someone comes over and kisses you, and your brain goes, well, hey. <laughs> and you don't feel the sofa cushion under your butt anymore. You feel the, <laughs> the lips against your lover's lips. Yeah, and your bow tie spins around. <laughs> <laughs> but that's a real thing. It's cross all attention effects. It's like literally the brain prioritizing uh, sensory input.
0: Yeah, and apparently also one of the aspects of it, too, is that, when you have the more senses you have giving you information about a particular thing the less any one particular sense has to carry the load and again up to this point our um sense of uh, vision and our sense of hearing have been doing all of the heavy lifting so if you add smell if you manage to add taste if you ma- manage to add touch the um the like just how visually stunning the um the vr pornography has to be yeah it is is it comes down several notches it doesn't sure. have to be as good because these other senses are making up the the slack
3: well i mean phone sex was just audio right uh i mean i said was i, I imagine that's still a thing but um did you ever see shortcuts the robert altman movie mm-hmm. remember jennifer jason lee was a phone sex operator oh, yeah and she's like you know feeding her baby and ironing <laughs> and like right. her husband's in the other, chris pen is in the other room yeah god rest his soul
0: and oh, Chris Penn died, huh? Yeah, a Don't while even ago. Tell, 2016? Oh, no, 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 no. Years okay. ago. Poor Chris Penn.
3: Yeah, but anyway, that was always, kind of thought that was funny. Like, anyone who thinks the phone sex person is is <laughs> right. enjoying themselves like you are. Yeah. <laughs> they have really sold themselves. Yeah. Uh, and Robert, I do want to read this uh, one great sentence from his uh, article here. Uh, there are people at the University of uh, York's audio laboratory who are working to employ this cross-modal attention effects and really just fine-tune it all. Mm-hmm. And he said here in his last sentence, they've even considered employing a mouthpiece to simulate different textures against the tongue and mouth for virtual food chewing, they claim.
0: <laughs> Man. Dun-dun-dun! I think Robert navigated some pretty tricky waters himself. No, he did well. It's a good article. I just, uh yeah. Yeah. The lover's thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you got anything else? No, sir. Uh, I want to give a shout out to, um, Tracy Clark Flory from Vocative for the, uh, the ethics of, of, uh, VR sex stuff. Um, Kil- Kiru, who gave us the teledildonic stuff. And of course, our own Robert Lamb, who wrote the whole article, right? Yeah, stuff to blow your mind. Good, good show. If you want to know more about future sex, you can type those words into the search bar and what comes up will be wow 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 And <laughs> since I said that, it's time for listener mail.
3: Uh, I'm doing something I don't normally do because I didn't have one prepared. I'm just going to randomly pull one up. Ooh.
0: Oh, oh, we have to do administrative details again soon. Yeah, we do. i uh, have yeah, uh,
3: gotten some good stuff. By the way, thank you to the people that sent in emails saying that uh, an English speaker saying junta is completely correct. Whatever. <laughs> I know you like to show off your, uh, your flair. Your <laughs> Latin American flair. My, my heat. <laughs> my Latin heat. Alright, I found one. Uh, hey guys, for starters, I love the show. Uh, I got hooked on SUSK. <laughs> <laughs> People still do that occasionally. That's funny. Uh-huh. Sure. Uh, SUSK. And even had uh, iTunes to do the download all, and I'm churning through them all. Just got done listening to the Soylent episode. In the Lister mail, you mentioned how the breastfeeding episode was so well received. So was there an episode in Stuff You Should Know History, Mm -hmm. he said S.Y.S.K. the second time, by the way, Mm -hmm. uh, that was chock full of hate mail would be a cool factoid of what your greatest bomb was. Maybe parallel that with your top five shows of all time to smooth it over. Well, I'm not going to do that
0: yeah seriously, man. but uh it's a lot of asks,
3: yeah, that is from uh John uh, Navicus Navicus and right. um boy, you know what? we got a lot of bad mail recently about artificial sweeteners. I've noticed.
0: oh, yeah, yeah, people are kind of mad. some people are, uh-huh. I think they're all like um from the Splenda family. <laughs> but yeah that one set people off to an extent we also got a lot of kudos for that one the one John um, to me that stands out that we got the most hate mail for um, is not necessarily our biggest bomb uh, but it was homelessness our homelessness episode sure. we got tons and tons and tons of negative uh, emails from people who were basically like homeless people are there because they're lazy stop telling people to be nice to them and uh probably more than any other episode we've ever done, I would say that's the one that has, that we got the most hate mail for. What about you? Uh, Yeah, probably so. Um, Yeah, I think so. I think objectively that is the one by far that we got the most hate mail for.
3: Yeah, and we've been on record about that. And we even got a mail just last week about that episode saying... Hey, I know you guys get a lot of flack for this one. And they sent us an email of support, which was nice. Thank you to whoever wrote that. That was very nice. Yeah. So I'm going to say artificial sweeteners and homelessness.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's not like those emails like made me reconsider my stance on how I feel about homeless people or whatever, but right. it, it just sucks to hear angry stuff from that many people about something that you think is kind of brain dead. Yeah. you Yeah. Know? Um, well, all right. If you want to get in touch with us like John did, thanks for the email, John. You can tweet to us. I'm at Josh Um Clark and at SYSK Podcast. Chuck's at Charles W. Chuck Bryant and at StuffYouShouldKnow on Facebook. Uh, you can send us an email to StuffPodcast at HowStuffWorks.com. And as always, hang out with us at our home on the web, StuffYouShouldKnow.com.
1: For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com.